You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 128, Devil Driver, hosted by Dan Terry. I was drinking buckets of margarita at, a, at the uh, Mexican restaurant. Josh Baldridge. You want to quote on that piano? I'm going to shove up your ass and charge you 50K for it. And Joseph Wren. Now, we're just laying into the double bass and seeing what happens. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you pray for villains, but you trust no one, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is Josh. Are you ready to swing the dead? Every single morning I wake up and I'm like, we're the dead. It's time for our daily swing. We go down to the park. I set them all down. It's really hard putting a corpse up on a swing. Some of them I have to put in the baby swing. And then I just I just kind of walk back and forth amongst the four swings, and I swing the dead. I already feel like I am dead. That's what that song's about, right? <laughs> yeah, essentially, in a nutshell. I was just trying to make sure, because I mean, it just seems like they saw me doing that, and that's why they named the song that. It's like Ditch Digging 101. Devil Driver is an American metal band. And, you know, I'm afraid to throw out any subgenres because a lot of them don't really apply to Devil Driver. They're kind of in this weird middle ground between a lot of different styles. And I don't necessarily know if that means they have a style of their own because they borrow influences from a lot of other bands, especially on the first album where they borrow heavily from Dez's old band, Cold Chamber, yeah. right down to his vocal delivery, which is largely the same as what you would experience on some Cold Chamber albums. But they were still good. They were still fantastic. I remember the first time I heard Devil Driver was on the 2003 Headbangers Ball compilation, oh. where it was two discs. Disc one was all new metal, and disc two was all metalcore, death metal, and just the more extreme stuff that was starting to come out. It was like a like a passing of the torch type of uh, type of release, and so that was the first time I heard Devil Driver, and it had the song uh, "I Could Care Less" on it. Is either that or Swing of the Dead? I can't remember. I think it was Swing of the Dead. They actually, they, they both might have been on there. Can't remember which one it was. It's a shame I don't have like a, a personal computer in my pocket that I could just pull out and look up this kind of shit. But no, it doesn't. Nobody exist. has time for that. So it was no. one of those two songs. They're we're both gonna, great. We're gonna guess. So. They are both great. Before any of you out there give a shit for Headbangers Ball, that was a great source of finding out about metal when you were growing up. It was basically the best source we had because MTV at that point had music videos but we were starting to see a lot of daytime crap and mtv2 had all the videos but every night headbangers ball mtv1 i give props to that show i, I caught a lot of subgenres from that particular show just those two hours every night from 11 to 1 well i remember hearing that song and not really knowing that it was des from cold chamber and then i heard the song and i was like that's definitely des from cold chamber it, it's very very obvious just because nobody enunciates quite like Dez does. And he's one of those guys that even when he was in Cold Chamber, I was like, dude, this guy's vocals are way too brutal for the band that he's in. And there's even times I feel that way about Devil Driver, which is a significantly heavier band than Cold Chamber. But he sounds good, though. He sounds incredible. It's not like his vocals are where, you know, anything crunchy or, you know, that's like the type of vocal that's a cookie monster growl or any kind of shit. Like, you, you, can know, you know what he's saying. Like, he enunciates. It's just so unique. He used to be my definition of Cookie Monster vocal. But you can understand though. So like when I think of Cookie he Monster vocal, very yeah, well. when I think of Cookie Monster growl, like for me, it's it's just that low monotone, like the Chris Barnes Cannibal Corpse. Yeah, it's like that, kind of like sound. that kind of yeah. sound. Which I, I mean, I appreciate, but 
I can appreciate him so much more just because, yeah, the enunciation, like, holy shit, I know what every word that I, I can learn the lyrics pretty quick with this guy. It was largely because of his voice that I used to tell people that Cold Chamber was the heaviest band in the world. In my limited influence of, of what I knew was, was heavy, that was about as extreme as it got. Well, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, they would have started, well, when we were in high school. If I'm thinking right. They would have started on the tail end of us being in high school. Devil Driver, that is. Cold Chamber was around I was going to say, that. I mean, so even, yeah, Cold Chamber definitely. But yeah, so. Yeah, so I think Chamber that time Music period, was like the last Cold Chamber album I'd heard. I love Cold Chamber. So yeah, Devil Driver was kind of exciting because I was like, oh shit, this is like way heavier. And now the vocals, you know, somewhat match the music a, a lot better. Well, as it wasn't like a leftover Cold Chamber type of band. It wasn't like a continuation of it. It was, I think in a sense... It may have started out, the first album kind of started out with that influence, but then they quickly got away and established their own sound and their own view. And eventually became just straight, heavy thrash metal. Pretty much. Yeah, Glorious, I mean, deep, baritone awesomeness. Oh, don't worry, friends. We will talk thrash at the end of this discography. Well, before we get to the Pale Horse disaster, I want to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. We love five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion. And the reason we like them is because they help us get recommended in search results. You guys have heard me make this speech like a hundred times now. So if you haven't left us a review, leave us a review. Leave us whatever kind of review you think we deserve. And we'll read it on the show. We'll give you a huge pat on the back if we ever meet you in real life. If you don't want a pat on the back or you have a sunburn, please let us know before meeting us in real life. Over on the old Gmail at the Dan and Joe Show at gmail.com, we got an email from uh, Turnification, which if you didn't know, we've covered both of those bands, Turnican and Mortification. He asks us, where's the Extol episode? It is surprising to me that after all of the Solid State and Christian bands discussed that Extol has not come up. They are, in my opinion, one of the finest examples of that world and a band I think deserves more credit regardless of ideology. I'd be curious to hear your perspective on their work. All I can really say is we are working on it, working on it, working on it. I, I can promise you that I have wanted to do an X-Toll episode for a long time. There's just so many bands to get to and just not enough time, but we will eventually cover everyone as long as we're able to. Also, I'd like to take this time to shout out our loyal Patreon subscribers, which include Alex Sander, Brian Dean, welcome to the fold, buddy, Jeffrey De La Santos, The Actual Mac, Kiki Kuti, Do You Love Me? I Do Love You, Lance Allegood, Luis Fernando, Fernando Pisano Escalante, and Zach Barr. You guys make it happen. You are the all-star team. You're the number one sluggers. And we love giving you guys extra content every week and letting you listen to the podcast early. So keep them coming. If you're a new Patreon subscriber at the $3 or more tier, you can look forward to us reading your name on future episodes of the podcast. I'd also like to say thank you to all of our patrons, all of our supporters. You make this podcast happen, and we appreciate everything you do for us. Patrick Aspeland commented on a recent Patreon review. Draugsung means the song of Dragon. Dragon is a ghost of a dead fisherman lost at sea. When a sailor heard the song of Draugen, he knew he was going to die. 
The language is Norwegian, it seems. That is Patrick Asplund from Finland. So I'm going to go with him on that one. He knows some shit. <laughs> he's always he's always popping in on my messenger, letting me know what I'm wrong about, which I love. You don't got to be all Jeff Kane about it. Well, Jeff, you know, Jeff is our resident expert on European stuff and Scandinavian stuff, so... Jeff, uh, what's your opinion? We might hear, you know, we, we heard from Jeff uh, last week. So How you doing? We might hear about him or hear, well, we might hear about him on the news. But we may hear from him. You want to fix that before we go too far? Uh, you won't be hearing about Jeff's whereabouts ever. You heard from Jeff on the last episode, and you may hear from him in the future. Just depends on how Josh is feeling that day. Essentially, that's, that's it. That's pretty much how it rolls. 2003, Devil Driver. Devil Driver. What a cool name. What a unique name. Driving the devil. Wherever he wants to go. Wherever he wherever he wants to go. That's right. If it was just a few years later, they would just be called the, the Devil's Uber. <laughs> That's not as cool. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's amazing. The Devil's Uber? Uber? Well, know. you know, whenever they first started off, they were called Death Ride. Which was my favorite, but unfortunately that didn't stick. Yeah, they, it was some kind, of, some kind of copyright claim. Damn you lawyers. So they just changed it to Devil Driver, which I thought was kind of funny because it's so similar. You could definitely see how they got there. Just going to make a few minor changes to the band name. It's really weird how Devil Driver came about because Dez was done with Coal Chamber after some sort of incident on stage. He moved from Orange County, California to Santa Barbara and just started having barbecues. I'm not making this up. This is this is documented that he held a bunch of barbecues and invited a bunch of musicians over to jam with him while they ate barbecue. This is starting to sound a little bit like a Burton C. Bell from Fear Factory situation. So he meets the guys from Devil Driver. They get together. They're like, we want to do something heavy. We want to do something kind of thrash, kind of death metal, kind of metalcore. How do we how do we do this? And that's how we get the first Devil Driver album. It does. Those pork steaks are really good. Is that Tim's recipe? You know, it's funny because I after you know you mentioned that there were actually quite a few bands from that California scene who got together just from fucking drinking bitches and barbecues. Well, it's the, it's the is way that, to find I musicians. Know, I just, it's like the thing to do out out in California. Apparently, is just get drunk and have barbecue and then hey, let's throw the gay band together. I think this is definitely Burton C. Bell's recipe for pork steaks. Because you're going to think, it's like, <laughs> hey, man, what's going on? Oh, hey, Des, what's going on? Hey, not too much. You want to come over and, and have some pork steaks with me? Hey, dude, is Tim going to be there? Well, I guess. I mean, it's it's kind of a drive, though. And, you know, I, I don't really want to make a new metal. Oh, I don't want to make new metal either. Yeah, totally no new metal. Yeah, what is that? No, no what is that? Metal. I'm trying to get away from that scene. I'm trying to get away from it totally. But uh, on a more important matters, I mean, these, these pork steaks are not going to eat themselves. So, so eat, up, uh, eat up, boys. You're going you're gonna to come over or what? And then bam. And the guy's Devil like, I mean, there. I don't know. I could care less. You know, and then, uh, and then we have Devil Driver. This first Devil Driver album is very good at being like, this is the new norm for Dez. This is n- we are no longer in new metal territory. Kind of. Ish. <laughs> the biggest thing is that Dez has a very unique... Vocal style. He he has a very unique vocal pattern. He's instantly recognizable, as we discussed in the intro. So what you get with the first Devil Driver album is it's it's tagged largely on most sites as groove metal. And I'm gonna challenge I'm gonna challenge that a little bit because Boo. I think that I think that they were basically playing heavy thrash that wasn't necessarily breakneck speed. It was tuned down, but it wasn't quite heavy enough to be death metal. This is not Cannibal Corpse. This is actually like memorable riffs, and I think that's where the groove metal part comes in. A lot of the times, a band will be labeled as groove metal because their riffs are just good. Like they're it's like memorable. a hybrid title. 
And hybrid's kind of a good way to look at it. It's a hybrid of multiple styles. There's a little bit of death metal. There's a little bit of hardcore. There's a little bit of thrash metal. And then you've got Dez doing his thing over top of it, which leads to some really weird vocal patterns that he does. In this album. I love the way he sounds like he's smiling. But if you watch him perform, he's not smiling. No. He's very intense. He's very much in control of the stage. But when I listen to his vocals, the way he presents it, it sounds like he's smiling the whole time. Everything, it's not just we, it's we. That's very true. And it's funny the type of liberties he takes with the vocals. So on I Could Care Less, which was one of their big singles, he actually does a little bit of a clean vocal, and it's the closest we ever get to him doing that on a Devil Driver record. Because he starts it off with, uh, every time you speak my name, my name, my name, you know, the image, it just burns away. And then it, it it's funny because that's like as close to Cold Chamber as we're going to get. And he just goes into this into this cookie monster grouse like, if you'll excuse me, I'm just really not myself. And I just love it because the band's called Devil Driver and they sound evil as fuck. I, I love how he's just like, I could care less. I could care less about all the shit that you have going on. I love it. I love all of it. I love how melodic that song is and how catchy and how hooky it is. And I feel largely the same way about Swinging the Dead. There's another song that really stands out to me, and it's called I Dreamed I Died. And it's probably the most new metal song on the record because he just does that coal chamber thing where he just like dun da dun da dun da dun da dun da dun with the vocal style. And I love at the end of it where he's talking about being like judged, I guess, after dying. And the voice says, damn son, you done good. You done every single thing that you could. It's like so fucking hilarious, but it's awesome. It's cheesy, but effective in a way that I can't really describe. And it's just so much fun to listen to. I probably listened to that song on repeat like five or six times because I was just like, this is fucking hilarious. I'm laughing over here because Dan and I have not talked all week and my notes, I specifically mentioned that song as being my favorite. <laughs> and I mentioned the same fucking thing. So my, 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 my note on that album is damn near word for word with what Dan was going to say. So it is what it is. So I, I like it. I guess what we have to say about the first Devil <laughs> no, Driver not. album is, damn boy, you done that, good. That's right. Like, you done every single thing that it's you a, could. It's a good first album for a new band who's not a leftover band, if that makes sense. Like, this isn't Cold Chamber Part 2. This isn't, you know, like the same guys just mixing out other musicians and continuing on under a different name. It feels very, very fresh. Yes. Especially for 2003, because there are a lot of bands out there that sounded like this, but this was their, you know, they differentiated themselves from like a Lamb of God or or even a Slipknot or, or bands or an Asley Dying or Kill Switch. Like they have their own unique sound. And I think Dez is largely responsible for that. I think if they'd had a different vocalist, I think they would have just started sounding like every Everybody other band. Else. Which unfortunately is what we're going to start moving into to with their next release. 2005, The Fury of Our Maker's Hand. Cool title. Really cool title. Yeah, I mean, this I think this band in general has really cool lyric content and really cool song meanings and song titles. I mean, it's, it's kind of refreshing for what's out there at the time. For being a quote-unquote evil band yeah, it's, that has pictures of the devil up on, on stage and stuff while they're playing and there's pentagrams everywhere and it's all super evil or whatever. You read the lyrics and you're just like, actually, it's it's really not. Dez seems like a really cool dude that I'd love to have pork steaks with. Sometime. Exactly, that man can barbecue. I'm in. Yeah, I'm I'm over in a heartbeat. The fury of our maker's hand sees Dez moving away from the coal chamber vocal style, 
and goes for a much more modern metal sound. A snarl, if you will. Yes, and he has the voice for it 100%. The music also has been beefed up to match. The riffs are heavier. The, the blasting on the drums is much faster, much more aggressive. There is actually real groove in here. So this is one of the first records that I would be comfortable calling groove metal. Quote, unquote. Quote, unquote, because <laughs> I, I get a very different picture in my mind when people say groove metal. I, I just think Pantera. And this doesn't really sound like Pantera, but maybe it does cosmetically. What? This isn't Cowboys from Hell? Not exactly. They have really good catchy hooks. However, this album is lacking a song like Swingin' the Dead or a I Could Care Less or I Dream I Died, like we talked about on the on the first album. These songs are really good. They're intricate. They're fun. But they don't really have a standout single. No, you're just kind of just status quo, I think, at this point with this album. Which is I totally definitely f- agree. It's not, it's not a, like I said, it's not a bad thing. Like It's a good-sounding record, but you're not. it's nothing that's like standing out for me. It's nothing that's... Wow, this that's that's pretty good. Like, you know, I'm I'm excited for more from these guys. It's like, okay, this is a good album. What what else can you do for me? I don't think his vocals are any different than anything he's ever done. Not to this point, I don't think. It's a the only different. thing that really sounds somewhat different is that this album came out in 2005, and we've talked about this before. This is when mainstream metal albums started to be fully recorded digitally, and I just don't think they knew how to do it yet. Okay, I, I'm going to agree with that. We've discussed that before on other on cast about that. It's just unfortunate with the metal scene in general with recording. I think vocally he is different, or at least he's starting to become different. Trying to distance his, himself his, from the cold chamber sound. Yeah, so his, his rhythmic delivery is a little different. His voice doesn't sound as, I don't know what the word is, but it doesn't sound as cheesy as it did on the first Devil Driver album no. or the way it sounded in Cold Chamber. Is that really a bad thing, though? No, not necessarily. The cheesiness wasn't a bad thing. I mean, I just described, you know, on the first album how the cheesiness was my favorite part of the whole thing. On this, he goes for a more straight-ahead, kind of no-bullshit sort of approach, and I understand how on paper that's a good thing. I think if he continues the cheesiness from the first album all the way through, this band would get old quick. People are just like, oh, it's Dez's new band, Devil Driver, yeah. and you know they're evil or whatever, and super like, oh, cheesy. Oh, cool, yeah, all right, next. Like, This I was their first stab at, like, we're going to go on tour with metal bands. Yeah, we're going to try gonna... and be legitimate our own, you know, stand on our own two feet. We're not, you know, again, it's not a leftover from Cold Chamber. It's not, you know, dudes forming a band. It's a birthing pain from... The, the sound of the first album. It's the stereotype, second album, not as good as the first. Okay, but we're still here. What else you got? See, and I think it continues into the next album for me is the same way with that. 2007, The Last Kind Words. The Last Kind Words was really cool, I thought, because it was probably their most melodic. Yeah, it's the beginning of, of some slower riffs, a little more uh, not just starting out from second one with just, you know, double bass snaring in your face. Kind of have some that's slow, there, but yeah. yeah it's, it doesn't start out from second one. You know, you have some leads, you start hearing some some uh, lead guitars in there. A little different sound. They he sounds going, better in vocals too. They, yeah, they start going for a more traditional metal sound here, and I'm okay with that because they still have everything that you like about Devil Driver. If your favorite thing about them is that they're heavy and they're fast, like that's that's probably really the only two things you need to be in a, a good metal band is be heavy and fast. And they, they definitely have mastered that on their previous two records. So on this one, they're going to actually start writing more interesting songs, songs that stick out. Because I, ma- I had mentioned that on The Fury, that they really didn't have interesting songs. They didn't have a standout single. They were just like, look at what we can do now. This album is that way, but with much more thought put into the actual songwriting. The riffs are catchier. They're hookier. 
Uh, the, the guitar play is more intricate. It's more technical. Whereas the first two Devil Driver albums are a little bit more basic in their approach. This one went to went to mix that heaviness with some actual complexity and technicality. Dez's vocals sound even more different than they did before. He, he definitely still sounds like himself. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that he doesn't sound like himself, but he is playing more into the style now. This album begins to excite me because it's it's a, a heading in the direction, like he said, more of a traditional metal sound. And so not that I don't like, I mean, I love Cold Chamber growing up. The first few albums of this band were good, but I, like everyone knows I'm more of that traditional metal, thrash metal guy. So at this album going forward, you start to, to meld in some of that influence and start to sound that. So this album is not my favorite, but I got excited listening to this album because I can see the direction that they're going, or at least if they were wanting to go that direction, they're certainly achieving that. This is an example of the vibe of Devil Driver. On paper, this sounds like Lamb of God, but it's Devil Driver. This sounds like Slipknot with half the members and Dez instead of Corey Taylor. But this is Devil Driver. Sign me it up. It doesn't sound like they're ripping off other bands or just doing the same thing but making it cosmetically different. This vibe, I think the only word I can use is it's Sepultura, it's Soulfly, it's Max Cavalera. It doesn't matter what band he's in, it sounds like him. This band sounds like Devil Driver right now. It sounds like metal, Joe. Heavy as fuck metal, Josh. I like it. Like, they, like, I, I'm a traditional guitar solo guy, so I like solos, I like leads, I like harmonics. Like, And so this shit's in here, so when it gets mixed in with it, I get excited about the sound direction that they're taking this. And my favorite album is the next one. <laughs> Are we going to that? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. There, I mean, Dan, I mean, there's I don't. There's not too much else to say about this album. It's not that's the problem whenever you have a band like Devil Driver that's just pretty much completely solid. Yeah, is it's like yeah, I listened to it, I liked it. They didn't fuck up anywhere. What what do we say? Like who who's the bar for that? It's it's very Slayer like. It's you know what you're getting. It sounds pretty. Yeah, but it's good. better than Slayer because there's way more diversity in the oh, songs. I don't I don't disagree, but I think this is the first Devil Driver album where almost all the songs sound different. 2009, pray for villains. Wait, we're praying for the villains now? Yeah, because they're about to get murdered. So the devil's going to murder the villains. What a twist. I guess it makes sense, though, right? If the devil's lying, he's like, yeah, be a villain for me. Work for me, and then I kill you. <laughs> What's more evil than that? Choose your eternity. Pray for villains is largely just like the last kind words, but more aggressive. Um, like they doubled down on the melody on the last okay, kind of words. I, I, okay, I wasn't sure you were going. I can see your, where you're going with and this. And this one, they're kind of beefing up like the heavier Devil Driver elements of it. This is the first album that, when listening through them, that I was like, okay, I categorize this as a as a straight metal album. Like this is the first metal esque album in my opinion. I think the biggest issue, and it's not even an issue, but the band is starting to sound very samey. They, they're just it's like like Joe often says about a lot of bands. It's just the next Devil Driver album. And I have no problem with that if what you want is a new album by Devil Driver. The challenge is how long is that going to be okay? At what point are you going to get bored with the same thing? But I think this band changes just enough to keep the same vibe, but give you something more, something additional. Sure. It's not like... I'll use Godsmack as an example. Oh, it no, took them three albums to bring the tempo up. Devil Driver had the groove the whole time. Now we're just laying into the double bass and seeing what happens. It's kind of like the second album by Tantric. I think it was a Guitar One interview where the guitarist said, I told him to just lay into the double bass on this album. And it just felt like more of the same vibe. 
but there was more to it. It was more interesting because it wasn't just so straight, if that makes sense. Well, let me ask you this. If this album repeated itself for the next four albums or three albums, would you get bored with it? Or is there enough diversity that you would listen to them more than once? I think that there's enough diversity in the overall sound. Because like I said, these songs don't all sound the same, but the overall sound is the same. So I think it's kind of a mood thing. If you're in the mood to listen to Devil Driver, you can pretty much grab almost any of their releases and be happy. And I would say that's true of the last kind words on. I think the first two records definitely evoke a different mood than what you're going to get with the more complex metal stuff because I guess with the first two records, I just considered Devil Driver to be a band that kind of came from the new metal scene that was trying to modernize. Whereas everything from Last Kind Words on sounds like a legitimate metal band coming up with new material. This does sound like a more mainstream album from going forward. I agree with that. And I'm okay with that because they're taking a they're taking a decidedly metal approach to their songwriting, as I've said previously. The songs have a lot more melody in them instead of it being a little bit more basic like it was in the past where you'd have heavy part, melodic part, heavy part, melodic part being able to blend those styles seamlessly together so that you can be absolutely melodic but absolutely crushing at the same time. Do you guys think fans of Cold Chamber, like their fans listening to this, do you think that they would be in for this kind of style? But do you think this is close enough to Cold Chamber fans that they would follow this band? I think most fans of Cold Chamber are actually fans of Dez, so they would follow for that reason. But I don't think anybody that's truly into the sound of Coal Chamber would listen to Pray for Villains or even the next album, Beast, and say, yeah, I like this. Because it definitely doesn't have the same vibe. This is more of a heavy metal where Coal Chamber is one of the definitive new metal sounding bands. I think that, okay, this podcast isn't about Coal Chamber. It's about Devil Driver. But I feel like I have to mention that Coal Chamber all of the Cold Chamber albums sounded way different than each other. And I never knew if that was them being innovative or them not knowing what they wanted to do. I think it's more that. Or there was just like too many, you know, uh, too many cooks in the kitchen, so to speak. Because every every Cold Chamber album sounded different. And it's so it's kind of interesting to see Dez come into Devil Driver and then carve out a really consistent sound. And it makes me wonder if this was his goal all along. Like if he... He kind of had this vision, even back in Cold Chamber, that I just want to—I just want to be a metal singer in a metal band. And Devil Driver was just kind of his realization of that. I think largely it's true because whenever we get to Beast in 2011, again, it's almost like a step up. It's a—it's a—it's a better perfection of that sound. Instead of always trying to change, they're trying to do what they do better. And it, it, with 2011's Beast, you get better than Pray for Villains. In a sense of what? Just overall production, song quality? I mean, everything? Song quality, uh, intensity level, passion level. It always sounds fresh when you hear Devil Driver. It doesn't get super old for me. I kind of enjoy it from beginning to end until it starts to get weird. <laughs> I, I think, think. The, the middle of discography or the discussion for this one is, is the yeah, it, these middle albums sound good, but each album is a little bit better than the previous album. I think at this point... I don't know, to maybe this album or maybe the next album, this is kind of the the last of this type of sound before you, they take a different approach maybe or a different direction. Not that it, like, again, not that it's bad. I enjoyed this album. It does for me sound like the two previous albums, but yeah, there's a better quality there. There's a step up in production. It's a little more technical, a little more tight. Lyrical content's a little better. 
Well, I think they had moved from being super heavy to being super melodic, and now they're starting to kind of go up the hill again towards being more brutal overall. I think Dez just said it best. You get what you came for. Yeah, every time. I mean, it's a fair enough quote. I think on Beast, it is exactly what it sounds like. It's 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 Beast. It's uh, it's heavy. It's intense. It's got a lot of melodic death metal influences in it, which I really love. Which whenever we get around to talking about the Black Dahlia murder, I'll be in in heaven. Spoilers. But back on back on a Devil Driver, I I liked Beast. I liked the Last Kind Words. I liked Pray for Villains. I liked all that stuff. However, there's a lot of other bands that I listen to that are like that that maybe do it a little bit better. It's not even to say that Devil Driver's bad. It's just that after a while, whenever Dez stopped singing like he did in Cold Chamber on the first Devil Driver album, by this point, he's just a metal singer. He, so he, they get he lost in the shuffle, sort of. A little bit, yeah. He's starting to sound more generic. He still sounds like Dez, and Main he doesn't screen. sound bad. I'm not criticizing his performance nope. at all. His performance is spot on. It's exactly what it needs to be. It, it does the job. However, if your claim to fame is having a notable vocalist, it's kind of unfortunate that he's really only recognizable as the guy from Coal Chamber on maybe the first two Devil Driver records. And from there, he is he's basically he's basically sounds like a lot of other metal singers from that time. That's a criticism, but not really, because I still like the way he sounds. I still like the way he does everything. But it doesn't help that at this time, there were a lot of bands out there playing a very similar style some better, some worse, and sometimes it can get lost in the shuffle. He likes money. <laughs> I like money. <laughs> he, he loves money. Hey, Dan, can I have some money? Yeah, dude, just uh, wait by the mailbox and wait for my letter that I sent that was full of money to come. Patreon.com forward slash Discuss Metal. And if it's not there in like a couple of days, come see just, me. Just wait longer. Hit me up. I'll let you know where it's at. 2013 Winter Kills. Uh, this is, see, this is another one again where I just feel like it's the same as the previous. I don't think this one was as good. I feel like this is a step down just a little bit. This I is believe, the point in the discography where you're tired of the same thing. Yeah, I guess a little bit. Um, I think wasn't Dan, and Dan will know this better. Isn't there a, I want to say, wasn't there some lineup changes either before this album or right after this album? And I can't remember exactly when, when looking up some of the stuff, but I don't know. This, yeah, at this point, it's it's again, it's um, it's not bad. It doesn't, you know, there's not any kind of song where you you know you listen to it and it's like, ah, eh, this sounds like crap. Like the production's not bad. It's just it starts to sound repetitive some, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. But you know, if I'm gonna listen to to uh, this band for say where I'm driving around or something like that, I'm probably gonna be listening to some of the earlier stuff, maybe the first few albums of this era. It's eh, like it's yeah, I, I, it's repetitive after a little bit. There weren't significant lineup changes until after this album. After was released. This, okay, I couldn't remember if it was before or after. One of the guitarists went off to join Bad Wolves. Yeah, which is a huge step down in my opinion. Yes, because <laughs> what are they doing now? Well, I mean, they do all kinds of stuff, making money that we're not. They went on a little bit of a hiatus here because Cold Chamber essentially reunited. They did that whole. It's been a long time, guys. We're going to get together. We're going to play some Coal Chamber songs. And they did, and it sounded exactly like Coal Chamber. It did. It was great. And then I think that more or less ended up falling apart, as everybody remembered why they didn't like working with each other in the first place. So back in 2016, Dez gets some other guys, I assume, over some pork steaks, and they put out an album in 2016 called Trust No One. Great album cover, by the way. 
Oh, fantastic album cover. It's it's got it definitely has the traditional metal look to it. The Devil Driver font looks great on it. We're not really artwork critics, but th this was definitely like top tier stuff. And musically, this sounded fresh as fuck. Yes, my favorite album by a little bit, but still my favorite album. Because again, this sounds the most traditional metal for my taste. Yeah, twin guitars, there's all sorts of good leads. It's not, you know, double bass pedal in your face, you know, a gazillion beats per second. There's tempo changes. I mean, even in his lyric or even his uh in his vocals, there's not it's you know, there's they're up and down. There's tempo changes in his vocals. It's just very complete from the last couple of albums and sounds significantly different. Dez sounds a lot more pissed off. It's renewed, he's got fresh blood in the band. They are very refreshing to hear. The drumming is is some of the most aggressive I've heard. I, I love the way I love the way the drums sound on this record. I do too. The guitar work is rooted more in traditional metal with yeah. like way better lead work. Oh, I got so excited. Really for that good shit. solos, just crushingly devastating heavier heavier breakdowns and stuff. Fantastic release. Yep. Really, really, really ended on a... Not ended. They're not ended. They're no, no, actually, no. They're I'm gonna, still... I'm going to get to that in a little bit, that they are... Devil Driver is not done. They are still rolling and trucking along. They actually just went on tour with a band that a lot of people would refer to as Static X. I'm still not convinced. I'm not interested in seeing ex-members of Static X stand up there with some asshole with a, with a, a Wayne fucking Static... fucking cash grab. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fucking fuck Wayne Static mask on and trying to sing these songs. Fuck, However, fuck between that. between the Static X stuff and now, or in 2016, in 2018, they put out an album called Outlaws Till the End, Volume 1. You know, I have a pretty strong no EP rule. We're having a technical difficulty here. Yeah, my fucking mic just fell right off. <laughs> so I'm just going to hold it and talk to you guys. Hey guys, welcome to I go to lean in. And welcome to Josh's right hour of power. Josh's, How are you guys doing tonight? Fuck it, I'm gonna finish this. Gonna finish this shit standing up, holding the mic. Now you know why Mark Marin has a you know what the fuck starring Mark Marin. I get it now. Fuck Just it. because of stuff like this. We're almost done. with this fucking power through it. Okay, we Pockets can pick up where out. we left off. Yes, Outlaws till the end, volume uno. Dan said something about I have a no EP rule. I have a I have a very strong no EP rule. I don't know what the fuck to do with cover albums. I don't either. Like, I didn't realize it was a cover album until like two songs in. I'm like, wait a minute. This sounds I know, way fucking I, different. I know. Yeah. I, I like. I know this song sounds familiar. So then, doing some research and having some friends growing up who were country fanatics, I'm like, I fucking knew it. Cover cover albums are hit or miss. Like, some bands can take a song of a completely different genre, make it their own, and it sounds fucking great. Other bands that try to do that falls flat on your face and it just butchers this shit to hell. As someone who knows the original music from this, it's not horrible, but it's not for me. Like it's not, there's a lot of country, old country music on there. A lot of Hank Williams Jr. Um, they have a lot of, uh, a lot of old timey country music. Uh, that's not my style. It's not for me. I can appreciate that they went out and tried it. I mean, I have no idea what possessed them to even do an album like that. It's just not, I just, yeah, it was just an album that I didn't, didn't, I can't get into. It's just like Dan's like, how do you classify the cover albums in someone's discography? Like, do you cover it? Do you not cover it? Because it's not their shit. It's their rendition of it. I thought their cover of Ghost Riders in the Sky was pretty cool. It's not bad. Because again, I, that song in particular is not bad, but this entire album, eh, 
I mean, even Metallica on their garage, I mean, they had some songs that was like, all right, it's not bad, but it's not great. I think every band that does a cover like that's like that. I'm going to go ahead and mention the sale cover from Winter Kills that we kind of snuck over. Thank you. I don't think it's a bad thing when a band does a cover that's outside their genre, but there's a huge difference between Metallica doing Motorhead, Blitzkrieg, Free Speech for the Dumb, because those are all within the punk genre that influenced thrash metal. It might be a little different, though, when they start doing Lover Man and Tuesday's Gone. That's fine. They threw that in in the end. It was okay. But man, did Lover Man go on forever. I don't think this is a bad album. If they want to do a cover album, that's fine. Power Man 5000 had a really cool cover album a few years ago called Copies, Clones, and Replicants, where they did a lot of 80s Britpop and David Bowie and Van Halen. I think if you do it well, if you actually take the time to record the songs and put the same effort or at least a decent level of effort into it so that it doesn't just sound like what it is, I think it's entertaining to listen to a band say these are our influences, but it's not necessarily what I'm looking for in a new release. I would take this alongside a new album, please, if you don't mind. Is it influences, though? Like, I can't find any any quotes or anything from any of them saying that, you know, these are songs or bands or something that influenced us. Like, most covers, it's a song they loved growing up or something that influenced them or maybe they, you know, it was a cool riff that they loved playing, so they try to do their own variety. Like, I can't find information on what, why this like what what's the inspiration behind this particular list of songs i think des just liked old country songs maybe it's and not it's a lot of bad. fun yeah, yeah i mean it's it's i it's it's cool and like in the respect that every band should be able to put out material if they have you know cover songs or you know shit like that that they were influenced growing up i don't have a problem with that i am but i feel like if you're gonna do that it needs to at least somewhat cater to your fans like I guess it's hard for me to get on board with this kind of stuff because I don't like country at all. I never have. Isn't the mindset that metal fans are the same fans as outlaw country? Just like Korn back with Family Values said, hip-hop and new metal fans are the same. And they weren't entirely off base. I know a lot of people that love new metal listen to Rage Against the Machine and listen to classic. There's a commonality rebellion message there. So, yeah, I can see the, the correlation between the two. I mean, that old-timey country is kind of that rebellion. You know, your your Johnny Cash's, Hank Williams, like that kind of stuff is, if for the time and the style and the genre that, I mean, those kind of artists were like the, they would be the considered the metal-esque of country, if that makes sense. Like, they're the kind of the fuck you to the mainstream artistry. So I can see why a metal band or, you know, someone in that genre would be influenced by that type of artist in that genre to quote samuel l jackson in the movie jurassic park hold on to your butts yes because <laughs> in 2019 devil Driver's gonna drop a double album and i think it's gonna be good it's not even gonna be a double album it's gonna be a double concept album oh! i like concept albums this is either gonna be great or it's gonna be the worst exactly. mistake they ever made and i was just gonna say that's the one thing about concept albums. they're either fucking fantastic or it's gonna fall on its face <laughs> i have on good authority that the theme of the album is going to be the loss of personal freedoms that people have they're going to explore that that's all the information i have but whenever this album comes out you can be sure that we will do a patreon episode on it oh for sure so get your dollars ready gents and ladies it's not just a gent thing that's right anybody your dog can subscribe if you really want them to final thoughts on devil driver dan devil driver is a badass metal band that you should check out you don't have to check out every release 
they're going to impress you more or less on each one that they do. Like a Slayer, they're they're completely solid, meaning if you like one album, you're probably going to like the rest of them, with maybe the exception of the first two. Devil Driver is one of my favorite bands because they have all the basic concepts down. They're heavy, they're melodic, they're fast. There's always a double bass going. There's always a cool guitar solo. There's always a memorable riff. What else can you ask for from a metal band? Not a whole hell of a lot. Josh, what about you? I loved Cold Chamber. I mean, Devil Driver. No, seriously. It's a good band. It's a solid band. It's a great band to listen to from album one to the last album, not including the cover album. I don't I don't count that. There are seven albums. They're solid from song one to the last song in each album. There's not much of a, a dip in production. There's not a downside really to these albums. There's not a, oh, what the fuck were they thinking moment. They're solid. It's a solid band. There's not a whole lot you can criticize from this group. They're technical. They sound great. Good riffs. Good leads. He can snarl. He can sing. Just a, a great band to listen to. Very metal. So listen to them. If you're not, you're missing out. You really are. I think if your first exposure to Devil Driver was the fact that Dez from Cold Chamber was the lead singer, you have a jaded opinion that everything Dez does is great. There are those of us that have the same opinion about Max Cavalera. This is not a bad thing when everything that comes out is great. And I think all the albums from Devil Driver are great heavy metal albums. I don't think they are above anything anyone else has done. I don't think I would put Devil Driver on a top 10 list somewhere for best riff, best song, best lead vocalist, although Dez could probably get pretty high in the standings for that one. But I think you should be listening to Devil Driver if you love heavy metal, if you love thrash. I'd even go as far to say that most metalcore fans should be listening to this, but probably didn't because the vocals didn't sound the same as what they were expecting. Dan, what's your album of the week? My album of the week... I've been trying to get kind of away from uh, I've been trying to get away from some of this crazy metal stuff and I've gone super super indie hardcore type stuff so I've been listening to Horse the Band and their album The Mechanical Hand. Josh, what about you? I'm going to totally do a 180 and surprise the fuck out of everybody. My album of the week is Weird Al Yankovic's Off the Deep End. Holy shit. I've been listening to Weird Al. I can't watch this. Yeah, and I don't even know what. So after I did I did my brush up on Devil Driver and then for whatever reason on a road trip for work I don't I had a song in my head from Weird Al and then before I know it I was listening to all of his old shit actually everything he has and I listened to that album probably three times this week. I think if Jeff was here he would ask you if you're a fan of the white stuff. Yes. Huh? Yes I am. Weird Al's band maybe the most diverse band ever. Yeah I mean no shit they do everything from rap rock punk metal. <laughs> Grunge. Polka metal. Polka. No shit. Maybe one day we can cover Weird Al. It is not this day. No, 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 no. But if you guys want to, send us your emails. My album of the week is the Freddy vs. Jason soundtrack. Because when you're listening to Devil Driver and you get nothing but heavy metal that you love, you pop in a compilation of heavy metal that you love. There is not a bad song on that particular soundtrack. Have you guys ever been wondering, how come you guys haven't covered my favorite band yet? I want to hear what you guys have to say about my favorite band. I have, Dan. Please tell me more. There's a couple of ways you can do that, Josh. You can go to DiscussMetal.com. You can find out all of the list of bands that we've talked about already on the show. Sometimes people think we haven't talked about a band and they suggest it only to discover that we already did do an episode on that band. 
If you're positive, 100% sure that we haven't, you can send us an email at show at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash discography discussion. While you're there, you can join the Facebook official group for discography discussion. Send us a request to join, and I will approve you. And then you can get in and see our meme wars and all of the stuff that we all the stuff that we share that we may not necessarily share on the main page. It's an exclusive thing. If you're also into exclusive things, you can check us out on Discord. We have our own server there. There's a link in the show notes. If you click on the link, we will add you to our Discord server, and you can chat with us in real time there. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at Discuss Metal or to Joe and I respectively at Discuss Metal Dan or at Discuss Metal Joe. Thanks, Dan. That's really great stuff. And on that note, this has been Episode 128 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please, send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. Money, 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 money. Money, good. Change the channel and I'll break your fingers. Money, 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 money